You're tuned in to Muscle Car Radio. Welcome to Muscle Car Radio. I'm Harry Christian. Another fresh episode for you. I've got my co-host, young Jason F6. How are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, I've been really well. I've been really well. I've been reading all about the uh, new ZL1 Camaro. Uh, oh, I did. I saw a brief oh, thing about that today. Now, just a bit of... Just before we go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, before you go on, let me introduce the other guys. Oh, you go, yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got go Connie on. Christian go here on. today. Connie, how are you, mate? G'day, Harry. How are you going, boys? Yeah, and Graham Boyd. How are you, Graham? Thank you very much. I'm going very good, Harry. Thank you. <laughs> Graham's uh, joins us every now and then. He's uh, with the Muscle Car uh, Midweek Muscle Car Club, and amongst other things, and does bits and pieces. He'll be uh, he'll be uh, popping in from time to time. So, what are we saying, Jase? Uh, a bit of turbo talk. I know this is a muscle car show, but you know, we I thought we'd start off with some turbo discussion. Uh, in that same uh, article that came out today, the latest new AMG A45 oh, yes. is going to produce 310 kilowatts. Wow. Yeah, I heard that, right? The pocket rocket. Yeah. So um, my car, which is a 4.2 litre V8, yeah. does not produce... Yeah. 310 kilowatts. So, forced so, induction, Jase. I keep telling you. No, forced induction. No, no, no. I'm a stickler for natural. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're a bit old school, no, eh? I'm mate? old school. Though, mate. Speaking of, um, speaking of uh, cars that uh, were rated very, very highly uh, and uh, had too much power, uh, so it goes. Some years ago, uh, there was a car produced by the Ford Motor Company called the Phase 4 GDHO. Do we all know about it? We certainly, we certainly do. do. Right. So the Phase 4 GDHO, there was only one ever produced that was actually complied a Phase 4 GDHO, and it belongs to, as we know, the dentist, a very, very infamous car, uh, very well known. Good news. We've got him on tonight. He's going to tell us all about it, how he oh. came to own the car, how he came to restore the car, and he's going to run us through it. So I'm really, really excited. Looking forward to that, mate. Well, fantastic. I'm super looking forward to it. Yeah. So tell us, mate, um, the Camaro, have you... Uh, Look, I didn't. I saw the article briefly, but I didn't actually read into about the Camaro. But I know it's got some huge statistics coming out Mate, of it. As it's well. like 160 grand the ZL1, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing has an automatic transmission with 10 speed paddle shift. 10 speed automatic transmission. How does that go? It, uh, the, the power output is like 477 kilowatts, 880 odd newton meters of torque. Thing is an absolute monster. Zero to 100 in 3.5 seconds. It's an absolute wow. beast. Wow, and look, that is unbelievable, phenomenal. But I actually skipped over it because it's a Chev, right? So if it was, a, if it was a, <laughs> oh, because it wasn't a whole. Yeah, you know, if, if it was a Ford, if it was a Ford, I would have read it in a bit more detail. Well, you can buy the uh, the standard version, which is the six point two liter, and then you can buy the six point two liter supercharged version, which is the ZL one. Comes with all the Brembos, all the all the gear, you know, the paddle shift auto, just amazing. Look. 160 grand sounds like a lot of money, but when you get that sort of performance, I don't know how well it goes around yeah. corners at the end of the day. It is a Chevy, right? <laughs> and it is a young car. Yeah. <laughs> and it is an American car, yeah. yeah. But zero to 103.5 seconds, that's like uh, Aston Martin, Ferrari sort of numbers. That's it's right. Up there. Super, that is a super lot. Car, of... Supercar numbers. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. The, the issue with those cars is is actually it's becoming tyres. So mm. actually putting all that grunt to the ground mm. um, without losing traction. So mm. um, that's where a lot of investment you have to make in is in tyres. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Come, uh, it comes with a uh, four four freebies. Just so, just on uh, th- all things General Motors, uh, I also did um, come across today. Today was good news day, actually, just very good timing for today's program. Um, was that the last 
VF Series 2 V8 SS Commodore has been yes, sold. Wow. They are no longer in existence from the dealerships. Sad time, mate. Sad time. It is. Did, it you is. Get, did you get your version, mate? There's going to be a bit of a collector in years to come. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm waiting for uh, my uh, G6E Turbo, which will come around at some point. That's what Connie time. has, actually. He drives one of these. Connie, tell us about your G6. Haven't you got a souped-up version of a do, G6? What is it? It's my everyday cab. People, people, people jump in thinking it's a. Uh, they jump in the thinking, back seat. Yeah, thinking it's a. Uh, Uber, a, a Uber drivers car. here. So it's a it's a, it's a black G six E, and um, I, I got it for quite cheap. It's it's amazing. We had a laugh earlier about forced induction. I was just um, you know, uh, crapping on about that. Jace saying you can't beat it. It's a it's an inline six. It's a it's a turbo, and I've uh, all I've done is added some injectors, a bigger intercooler, about five grand's worth of work, and it ends up getting. Uh, about 330 kilowatts at the wheels. Jeez. At the wheels. The, at the wheels, yeah. It's a serious, so, actually serious so, car. And I've, I've run it at Eastern Creek. Um, Harry was there as a shitster. It's a, it's an open wheeler. It's not even a limited slip diff. It's a wow. it's an open wheeler and, and it runs 11.9. So. Wow. Not a bad effort. <laughs> not bad. Not bad and that's on, on car. gas as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the meter running. <laughs> and the air con. And the air con, of course. No, no air con. Sydney cab. That's right. <laughs> so, James, what's happening in F1, mate? Have we got any F1 or supercar updates? Uh, I do. I'll start, I'll start off with uh, supercar. Um, so, Craig McLaughlin um, – sorry, Scott McLaughlin, Craig McLaughlin. Scott McLaughlin has uh, – Yeah, I was thinking of the lounge because <laughs> he's got a comment uh, that was in my head. Yeah. Um, he is absolutely braining them this year. Uh, I Because you know, I'm a big follower of supercars and I haven't, I haven't seen this for quite a while. Um, you know, yeah, we've we've had the, the you know there's certainly the Win Cup era, the Scaife era before before that, um, but in in terms of the, the 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 I think it's also the domination in terms of pole positions. Mm. Like the the guy's stats for this year are just out of this world. Mm. Now why, they why is that, Jace? What what's going well, on? What, why is he so much better than the other drivers? Or well, why, look, why is a car better? Well, I think look, there's obviously natural talent there. Number one. Mm-hmm. Um, for for Scott, uh, I also think that you know that he's 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 basically the probably one of the, one of if not the most talented driver in the series. He's in one of if not the best teams with the best engineer. Uh, in, so that just translates to results basically. Yeah. Um, so I I was a bit concerned, you know, being a Ford fan, that with the you know the usual. General Motors holding, uh, you know, things with supercars. How if the Ford gets a little bit ahead, they start, did, you know, tweaking, tweaking, tweaking the rules and, and back in. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they did something earlier, didn't they? Didn't they pick back something off the yeah. mic? I can't really recall something to do with the bodywork. Yeah, they did. They 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 changed um, basically the both the the front um, the the end plate on the on the rear spoiler mm. and also took some under tray away from the front spoiler. Right. So. Basically, with the the gain was actually they've made something else, another change as well. So they mm. added they added ballast to the Mustang as well. Right, I think yeah, it was yeah. around twenty odd kilos. So um, when they did that, I thought, mm, okay, this is gonna this will be interesting. interesting yeah. And he still kept going, and he's there's heads and shoulders above the rest of the field. Um, when you're on a roll, you're on. You're on a yeah, roll. Yeah. So look, just just to give you an example, right? He's two hundred and forty four points ahead. Yeah. Already. Uh, and he's in front of his teammate, right? So wow. it's another Mustang. So it's one two, right? One yeah, two along the line. It's one two. He's won ten out of fourteen races. Wow. This year wow. already hard to beat. He's going to be hard to beat this year. So definitely. the um, Mark Scaife has the record from twenty twelve. That was a dark 
period of time for me personally. Um, <laughs> Not a fan. No, <laughs> no, I do like Scaife. He's he's very good. Um, but yeah, he won fifteen out of twenty nine races. Mm. So you know, if you look, he's almost there already. He's only got to win another two races. So and there's a round on this weekend up in Darwin. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yes, I, I, if he keeps going, he's it's going to be a phenomenal effort. Pretty amazing stuff. Um, so yeah, that's the V eight. The other one was uh, remember how we. We have touched on in the past the TCRs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell us about that. I mean, Lenny was uh, telling us we had Len uh, XHDT Len in here. He, yeah, he'd been out and talked to some of the um, some of the car um, uh, teams out there, and uh, yeah, it was it sounded pretty interesting. It is. It's uh, the, the the best way for people who haven't seen it. Um, it it's probably almost the equivalent to the old two two liters, if you remember mm-hmm. remember that mm-hmm. from from the late nineties. Uh, when uh, Brad Jones and Greg Murphy were in the Audis uh, running around at that time. And, um, yeah, it's actually really, really good because yeah. the cars are not that much more modified than your standard road cars. Yeah, right. And, obviously, uh, people are being attracted to yeah. it. So, apparently, uh, they had over 5,000 spectators out at um, Eastern Creek. Um, they've had a, a hundred thousand viewers on on SBS. That was the Eastern Creek round, not the last round, mm-hmm. which was down at um, Phillip Island. Almost as many as the Roosters uh, game. Yes, yeah, right. hundred thousand <laughs> yeah. for the season. Yeah. Um, There's only for that. <laughs> um, and yeah, and seventy thousand people watched via via live stream, and so it's obviously gaining some huge traction in the market. And uh, look, they're they're that the, the groups that's behind TCR is actually looking to running a, va- a Bathurst event. Which uh, well, okay. which then tunes into the basically the application has been made for another Bathurst event. So the attraction to people as what, Jase, is it about the fact that it's not dissimilar to what they can go along to and buy in a showroom? Yeah. Okay, so so it's like the old yeah. days of, you, you know, you buy it and then you take it down to the racetrack, have a spat, and people can relate to it as opposed to something yeah. which is a supercar. Correct, and it's not that much changed from the road car. Right. Um, and so, yeah, and, and you're right, and people can relate to it because now, as you know, we mentioned a few episodes ago, yeah. That uh, the younger generations are more interested in, or mm. more attuned to watching, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Honda, Honda uh, Civics and and the like. So that'd be more Jacks. Mm. Jacks go. Jacks our producer here tonight. That's he's, right. he's a turbo scene. <laughs> so that's not right. Like old farts. Half these people wouldn't even know what an XG yeah, one is. I walked in and he said, "What are you talking about tonight?" I said, uh, "The Phase Four GDHO." He looked at me like glazed over. Like, oh, right. Here we go. No, <laughs> that's right. no, that's not true. He so, did know. He did actually know. The, the Bathurst event that they're looking to run um, is actually as soon as next year, so twenty twenty. They're looking to mm. run this event, so um, yeah, fair play to them, and and I hope it, go, it goes well because the more motorsport that we have on, the better. Absolutely, very good. Anyway, look, uh, we're going to take a break now. When we return, we're going to be talking to Paul Tobin. Paul is the owner of the Unicorn. Now, everybody talks about rare cars. Everybody talks about one-offs or one of two builds. This is the only factory complied. Ford Falcon Phase 4 GDHO, that is in the XA model. Um, everybody knows the car, uh, any, everybody in the scene anyway. Uh, he's going to tell us all about it. We're super excited. We're going to talk to you when we come back after the break. Do you want to know the secret to having lean, powerful muscle? There is no secret. You have to push it. Push it real good. It's easier than that, big guy. Just go to musclecarsales.com.au. Looking for a supercharged XC Falcon Cobra, a tricked-out GTS Monaro, or even some American muscle? MuscleCarSales.com.au But Austrian muscle is the best! Hey Arnold. Yeah, what? Get back to your chopper, mate. MuscleCarSales.com.au Real muscle. 
Hello, welcome back to Muscle Car Radio. I'm your host, Harry Christian. Very, very excited. We've got uh, Paul Tobin that's uh, joining us. Now, everybody's heard about uh, the dentist. We can't show you his face because he's a dentist, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Paul, I had to throw that one in. That's fine, Harry. (laughs) Actually, not a dentist. I'm an orthodontist. Okay, an orthodontist. My apologies. My apologies. (laughs) No, you're fine. We we know you're around the car traps as the dentist, right? Absolutely. You become quite infamous here. Both expensive. Both expensive. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, um, Paul... uh, um, as he's told me many times, is the custodian of what is basically the the most precious of all uh, Australian uh, muscle cars. He is the custodian owner, uh, whatever you like to call him, of the Phase 4 GDHO, the one and only that was complied by the Ford Motor Company before they made the decision to do away with building these things on account of what was the uh, supercar scare back in the day. You remember that, uh, Connie Evan Green, uh, the mm-hmm. article? And, the article uh, from Milton Morris. That's Milton it, Morris, yeah, yeah. They were going to, they were going to, uh, you know, kill all these kids out there, these 160 mile an hour monsters. Well, it's on wheels, I think, Harry, what it was referred to. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly right. Um, so, uh, Paul, you uh, own this magnificent car. You've had it, I believe, since 1985, where you bought it. Tell us a little bit about how uh, you came to acquire the car, and uh, in your own words, just walk us through it, and we can we can just chinwag. It was quite lucky that I procured the car because on the particular day, I used to buy the Sunday, uh, sorry, the Saturday papers regularly, but on this particular day, I had a friend who had a Haynes Hunter ski boat, mm. and I, I had one myself at the time, but he'd asked me to come down for a rundown because it was a new experience putting the boat in and running around the harbour, yeah. and I purchased the papers, and by the time I got to the ramp, they were already there waiting for me, so uh, we, we spent the day on the harbour at Watson's Bay Hotel, enjoying ourselves, and I didn't get back till late. In the afternoon, about quarter past four, four thirty, uh-huh. and uh, by that time I just glanced at the papers, and we had no mobile phones. And I, I used to the, the motoring section was quite a large section in those days. Yeah. And lo and behold, I saw this XAGTHO, and I had severe reservations because, like everybody else, the car didn't exist. And, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And mm-hmm. I sort of looked at it, and I thought, I'm, I haven't got my glasses, but I'm pretty sure I'm, I know what I'm reading. So I didn't have a, a mobile phone, but I headed down Silverwater Road, and there. Was was a red phone box and it was about 10 to 5 and I rang this number and I'm not knowing if it was a yard or private number or what and the guy was uh, understandably a bit indignant at 10 to 5 that I've taken all day to ring about the car so yeah. he just took my particulars and said he'd hand them over to the boss and uh, I passed on my uh, home number and following that uh, Bob LaHood the next day phoned me and I actually saw the car on the Sunday afternoon. Wow. Um, and the car wasn't on ramps. It had been bought previously by Kirk Gavoski but the car was hidden away in a back room, so you couldn't see it from the street. So yeah. I didn't really have it for sale, mm. like on the yard. Like. Yeah, no, because we see those very famous shots now, of course, with, you know, Phase 4 GDHO written all over, uh, you know, in the yeah. sign writing over the windscreen, and you see the car um, up on the um, up on the uh, the ramps and what have you, but that obviously was from a different time. So you've gone in, you've had a look at the car, and you thought, oh, hang on, this is for real. You've had a look at the compliance plate and what have you, and, and then you thought, well, that's a bit of me, right? I was doubting at the time because, you know, everyone – um, it was quite interesting. We went into this back room and Bob had an XYGT there, mm-hmm. a Vermilion Fire, I think, and he asked. He was sort of asking me if I was interested in that, being a red car, and he was sort of sussing me out a little bit, I think, because I wasn't uh, – it, it wasn't what I was expecting, I think. And uh, anyway, then we went to another room and sure, lo and behold, was this car. And I wasn't expecting the colour. The colour got me a little bit I and I had my doubts about it. It had uh, silver blackouts and uh, – 
it, it was it seemed a nice car, but it wasn't quite what I was expecting. Yeah. But the compliance plate won me over. Mm. Uh, but even then, I had my doubts. So I sort of said to Bob, I really want to speak to another party, and I was meaning Ford. And uh, the following, that was on the Sunday afternoon. On the Monday morning, I rang Ford, and I was given a rather hard time by the person on the end of the line because they were asking me why I was asking about this particular car. <laughs> of course, everybody was a bit, <laughs> they were all a bit anxious about it at the time, of course, with all well, the publicity and what have you, right? speak about it. Yeah. Paul Bianco, who was the service manager, and Paul Lloyd, who I know, Paul's not with us, Paul Bianco's not with us anymore, but mm. they told me there was a subject that wasn't spoken about a lot. There was a, there was yeah. a denial that the car existed. Well, the whole idea is, of course, after the, the the whole, uh, you know, Evan Green article and the scare, uh, you know, Ford and, in, in fact, uh, GM and, and, and Chrysler turned right. around and said to, um, said to, well, said to, or the government said to those guys, if you persist with these supercars, we're simply not going to buy any more cars off you for fleet purposes. They, of course, then went quickly and uh, canned all of these, uh, you know, next rounds of supercars and, uh, of course, now um, now it's all history. But you, you talk about the compliance plate. I remember when I first met you some time ago, you were telling me a very interesting story about... The one and only time prior to recent days when you took it out to, I think it was Warwick Farm you were telling Correct. me. It was, yeah. Yes, that was in the first year, 1985, at Warwick Farm. And, um, we, the old Ford day, right? That's correct, yes. And we didn't, that was a, probably the first or second time I'd taken the car out. So I'd purchased it in January and we sort of put it away and uh, I didn't drive it a lot and I took it out about July and um, we went to Warwick Farm and that we were too late to put it on display, but David Bowden was down from mm. Queensland with some of the GT guys, sorry, the Queensland GT club guys, and they were out the back at Warren's where they used to do the detailing. I think it's all changed now, but yeah. it was just a, an area that was off the beaten track as far as the rest of the display was. And um, some uh, husband and... Uh, uh, sorry, a father and son combination had decided they might remove the compliance plate. Lovely. The damage wow. is still, you can see where it was actually chiselled off with a, a small screwdriver. Unbelievable. Yeah, how would you be? Anyway, I'm glad uh, I'm glad that didn't happen at the end of the day because uh, you've got quite a bit of history there, of course. And um, I'd imagine over the years, and you've had the car restored ever since that time, you, 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 that, you sort of went under wraps. Uh, for a long, long time, and then you yes. you brought it out some years ago, and we we followed it. Of course, there's a there's a Facebook page called uh, Team Phase Four. Of course, yes, uh, I think right. uh, Roy Var- uh, uh, Roy, Roy Vallard, Vallard. yeah uh, yep. runs that, and um, he has well documented uh, the you know the um, the uh, restoration process and what have you uh, over time, and um, of course, uh, and now it makes appearances at uh, the All Four Days and different shows, and is uh, quite the hit to say the least. So uh, we're really pleased to get it out and about, but. Um, how did you how did you come to want to restore this? Because I thought it looked pretty good in the first place, right? I thought it needed uh, well, it, it had a, a, a sort of cheap paint over job uh, with the zircon green. Mm. And the, when you were up close, I actually have a video that Bob LaHood and I did the Saturday after the car was picked up. So the car was picked up on the Tuesday after I saw it on the Sunday. On the following Saturday, I went down to Bob's yard. And we took some video, which is very much homemade, but I'm hoping to put that out so the public can actually hear, see, and get an appreciation of what the car was like when I actually bought it. Wow, that's fantastic. Now, um, you say the purchase. Uh, is it rude to ask the purchase price? I, and, you, and you don't have to tell me. Of course, in, no, rec- in recent times, uh, you know, there have been approaches, and, and, and I you know, personally know of people that are willing to pay you know, many millions of dollars, I think, for this, for yeah, this car yeah. being the unicorn and the one-off. That's not, it's not about the money for you. Of course, you're the custodian of the car and you love this thing. But back in the day, what what was the car? Well, what did it cost? Uh, if you don't mind uh, telling us, uh, Paul. Well, I'm led to believe.
believe there might have been some errors in Roy's book, but I don't want to in any way criticise Roy for his effort there. But I was led to believe I was speaking to Nick Moran, a friend of mine, mm-hmm. and he was keen to purchase the car first time round. That's when Kirk Kowalski bought it, and I believe he bought it for about sixteen nine ninety the wow. first time. Wow. I, pa- I paid, I believe, uh, twenty thousand. Uh, still when, a lot of money in nineteen eighty five, right? When, when, for when, next yeah, day, yeah. Yeah. when was the sixteen nine ninety offered? What year was that? Same same year that you bought it. Uh, no, that was purchased in uh, May 1981. That was, oh, 81. That was yep. a few years wow. before me. That was, that was a lot of money yeah. in 1981. Almost half a house back in the day. Bob bought it back yeah. in 83 for 14000 from Kurt. Yeah. Wow. wow. Well, it's probably relative. If that's half a house, then, you know, you're but, probably, but it's don't probably forget, worth half a house. Don't forget, guys, uh, put it into perspective. What was a, what was a you know, 84, what was a VK Brock worth at the time? 28, 30? Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. really, it's not really a lot of money if you know what you're uh, – what you're buying, really, mm-hmm. but but putting it putting it into perspective, a normal XAGT back in those days was, you know, eight or nine thousand dollars. That's as correct. A, yeah. So yeah. so yeah, you've you've got to weigh it up, and you had the foresight, obviously, to to know what it was, and and mm-hmm. uh, and you know, knowing it was a one-off, it was always going to gain value. I wasn't can it? tell you exactly. It was a slightly different time frame, but it was 1989. I was going to buy my first car. Which we all know was a Mitsubishi Scorpion, Scorpion. <laughs> two point six Astron no, big block. That's right. Yeah. But I had the option to buy uh, an XB GT mm-hmm. wow. okay. four point nine liter, a yellow uh, one with black stripes. Not a, not, a, not a GT then. Not a, not a sorry not G, uh, GS sorry GS. not GT. Yeah. And. Um, I decided to get the Scorpion. <laughs> well done, mate. We'll come back to you later. Thanks for coming in. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Paul, the, the story goes that um, in the day, correct me if I'm wrong, I think 200 had to be made, built for homologation yeah. purposes, uh, and these things were rated for 160 mile an hour. Uh, they had all the gear on. This particular car of yours is a white-trim Calypso green car with a factory sunroof, right? And uh, and I'd imagine, of course, does it have all the go-fast bits as far as phase four, like, uh, you know, the carby and the, the wing so, sump? Yeah. And the, yeah, it does, yeah. We've had that verified by a number of people, notably Dean Hampton from Perth. No, Dean, very well, who, yes. Who's uh, quite an authority on XAs, well, GTs in general, but uh, he spent weekends with us and uh, Paul Lloyd, and they sort of went, pulled it down and checked certain items like the, to make sure they were the right items. And that's where the, the restorations have come in. Where we found we didn't have the right item, I'm talking about the side mirrors, uh, that was on the restoration that was done most recently. Then we found out that they weren't quite correct. So we've, we're sort of always going back trying to you know, get it correct to nearest that we can. Excellent. Look, uh, my, my brother uh, Connie here, he's an XA tragic and he's had uh, he's mm. had them and uh, he had, you know, he much regrets selling his most recent uh, Pepper Red car and, you know, he can tell you all about it. But he's got a question for you and I, and I thought I'd I thought i leave it to him to ask you this question because he's been dying to ask you this, Paul. <laughs> Go ahead, Connie, ask Paul. Well, well it, it's it's a multifaceted uh, question, Paul. Uh, firstly, you know, people, people kept saying to me, uh, you know the reason you prefer the uh, the XA is because you've never driven or owned a, a square car, uh, but that that not being the fact, I've had a you know aggression gold phase one XW, yeah. I've had a a raw yellow uh, XY GT as well, and and all sorts of other cars XBs, but nothing quite drove like the XA GT. Um, can you tell us? And 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 I know you've you've owned quite a few other cars as well so it's not just the the the, the phase four how would it, how is it in your own opinion how does it compare to every other gt model or any other muscle car that you've driven and in particular the the the, the phase four um 
comparing it to say I have a phase two and a phase three, um, you can see the evolving nature uh, and uh, in the in the way the car drives. I like particularly like the layout of the cockpit. Uh, the handling, and I've heard other people like Fred Gibson describe the car compared to, say, the Phase 3, it would tend to handle uh, better. And even the other day at the uh, Sydney Olympic uh, Park, we were, we were up with Paul Garfield. It was quite amazing. We were sort of barely out of first gear, and uh, it, we, there was some unreal video taken by by the people from Unique Cars. And I, I just feel it's got a lot more stick than the uh, the Phase 3. Definitely. That's my personal view, and a few other people that have driven the car feel that. Well, that was the idea, right? You went from phase one to twos to the threes, and of course they got better along the way. The two was a very raw car, you know, didn't have yeah, the rev yeah. limiter and what have you, the, the Cleveland phase twos. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, the, by the time they got to the phase four, of course, it just kept, they kept refining and refining. But I think the dynamics of that XA chassis were just a lot better. I think they were the first, they were the, were the fir- they were the, the first totally Australian designed uh, Ford from chassis up, from my yeah. understanding, as in, so I, I just think they're just, just a and, nice, and, a nice and, thing. And, and by far the best looking. Yeah. Not that you're biased or anything, or anything like that. No, no. Yeah, I yeah. have to agree with you, Con. The XA yeah, They're tough, aren't they? No the doubt. best looking. And Clips yeah. are greens are very yep. oh, yeah. Yeah. striking yeah. colour. No, just a yeah. colour. It's a great colour. combination is just like second to Look, when you, they sit on the road, they feel like they they feel like they command the road. The XYs and the XWs, great cars. A bit twitchy, though. You know, the chassis dynamics and you let them loose a bit. Roll. Yeah, a bit of roll, body roll. Whereas the X, XA just seems to hit. And then by the time we got to the XBs, of course, they were, you know, laden with um, less power and pollution stuff and, and bits and pieces. But anyway, that's by the way. But um, so, uh, so Paul, you restored the car, you went on, and now it's out and about, and people can sort of uh, you're 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 doing the uh, the rounds. Uh, I know that Roy uh, did some features on his uh, in his Ford uh, magazine. Uh, I think it's all Fords he calls it. And from yes. time to time, uh, we see uh, bits and pieces. Um, what uh, what is the future plan? Is it just to stay with the car, keep it, and uh, you know, enjoy? I've got uh, sort of a bucket list. I just want to include some video footage of people that have helped me with the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, this includes people that have been instrumental in getting the car back on the on the the road, the way even with the early restorations, the Borg family, uh, Sash, uh, Roy, so much. I can't thank Roy enough because he he put it out in magazine yes. form and uh, he did so much research. I I think I feel sorry in some ways he's been criticised in some quarters, but there was a lot of competition to restore that particular car. Yeah, I would imagine. And, oh, look, I mean. Kudos and and uh, what about uh, bragging rights to to you know to take that yeah, car on and right. restore it? I mean it's a one off. And, and I'll come back to I'll come back to. I just had a thought, but uh, yeah, you, you continue what you're saying. I was and basically what I want to do is just put together a video, like I said, some of that early footage I've got with the car, and try and just put it out there for the public to see it. And then I think my time will be up with the car because uh, I'm not getting any younger, and <laughs> I just feel I just hope someone can sort of love it as much as I have and yeah. sort of. Enjoy it. Fair play to you. No, and, and good for you, and good for uh, thank you for uh, sort of uh, letting us uh, giving us access to the car at the different shows and what have you, and through the magazines. And Roy's doing a terrific job because he's definitely um, keeping the legacy going. Now, I just wanted to touch on we talk phase four, and you know we know of the the well, I think was it called Skunk Works, the cars that were yes, actually built. Yes. Yeah, so the Skunk Works cars that were built by Ford for racing, they were never complied GTHOs. Uh, people label them GDHOs, but. Yours was definitely the only one that yeah. was complied by Ford as a Phase 4 GDHOXA. Road, road car. Ro- road car, yeah. Yep. Road car, yes. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, excellent. Well, what can I tell you? It's been an absolute pleasure, boys. I don't know if you have any more questions uh, for Paul. 
Um, we really, really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, as I say, uh, as far as the um, as far as you're making the car available, making your time available, uh, we we do appreciate because it's uh, definitely a part of Australian motoring history that we all appreciate and love. Uh, Paul, oh, hang on, one thing I tell you, Paul, did we tell the boys about the uh, the, the badge? The console badge. Do you remember that story? Yes, I do indeed. That's how I met Harry. <laughs> that's how we met. Yeah. That's putting the little bits all together, and that's just another part of it, you know, like getting yeah. the right badge for that car, and that, it needed that badge. That's to- it. Back in the day, uh, a guy came across a business that uh, I was involved with at the time, and he said to me, I've got this original Phase 4 badge, and the story went, the one that sat on the console, you know, Con, mm-hmm. uh, yep. so yeah, Where the- your ex- with yeah. a GT badge. So apparently what happened, this car once, and correct me if I'm wrong, Paul, he said, this is what he claimed when he approached me when I was uh, selling uh, selling these things. He said to me, look, this badge is the genuine Phase 4 GT. It came out of the green car. The yep. car came in to be fitted with an under-dash air conditioning system, so they had yep. to cut the console. He took the badge off the console, sat it on his bench, and his son then took the car, the badge, to tech and traded it for a packet of cigarettes back in the day. Oh. I'm feeling oh. like a packet of Winnie Blues or something. So the guy wow. that ended up with his badge many years later um, came across it, approached me, and we ended up uh, – and, and Paul, of course, ended up with it, and it's gone back to its rightful place uh, sitting on that, uh, on that beautiful console in that gorgeous car. I think that's how the story goes, right, Paul? That's absolutely correct. It was Bob Morris's air conditioning uh, place That's down it. in the southern suburbs. Wow, what an right. amazing story. Paul, thanks again. I really look forward to catching up with you um, uh, at another show, and uh, uh, really thanks for taking the time. Thank you very much, Harry and the guys, but uh, I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. Thank Good you. on you. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Well, you've been listening to Muscle Car Radios. i tell you what, that is probably one of the most compelling uh Interviews of all time. Uh, Paul and the loveliest guy, he's the loveliest fellows, uh, guys. When you go out and meet this guy, uh, Paul at uh, the shows, he always takes the time. He will always walk you through the car. Uh, he's just an absolute gentleman and a gem of a good bloke. So um, I don't think uh, the car could have ended up in nicer hands. So thank him. Uh, amazing not story. A, not only that, it's 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 one of the most historical cars in in. Australian history, I think. It's, oh, it's just significant, definitely. Just uh, an amazing, an amazing story, an amazing car, and um, yeah. Incredible. What about the combo? Yeah, I mean, you, you go and build a Phase Four. You could have done it in anything, but they did an Eclipso green, which is a gorgeous color, yeah. the, the best color, white yep. trim, which is like yeah, to die for, sunroof. and sunroof, right? And sunroof, okay. and then yeah. fully loaded with all the go fast bits, and yeah. it's just such a good thing. And uh, you know, uh, I, I, I personally know of collectors and people that I've been in touch with that will pay. You know, they'll pay a couple of million bucks for this car, which well, is probably yeah. what it's probably worth. I would it's imagine. Pretty much a show shopper uh, combination. If you think yeah. of the ultimate yeah. phase three, the, the I'm talking about the the best phase three. That's probably about a million dollar car in this day and age. Mm. An average one is five to six hundred. A real good one, seven hundred. The ultimate one's probably about a million. You know, a, a very rare thing. You'd have to pay at least double that for the one and only phase four. Yeah. I would imagine, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, look, thanks, boys. <laughs> I'm wrapped. That was a, that was a really good. Uh, I really forgot nice to interview. ask him what? again. One final question is uh, when. Uh, I can take it for a drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll have to wait behind uh, me. Jace, what do you reckon, mate? You and me both. You reckon, you, you reckon it'll uh, compete with the old Starion? <laughs> no, no. Actually, the, the, my point of that story was it was actually $10,000. They were the same price yeah, back in 1989. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's the way. Look, we, yeah. we all have those stories. And what I, I think a good segment for us going forward is probably going to be the, the ones that got away. How many cars have we had? Mm. How many have we sold for nothing? But 
Or how many have we got rid of? Yeah, you can't, <laughs> you can't dwell on it. I mean, I, I know Graham's a pacer nut, right? I had Valent Pacers that I think I've said this before. Mm-hmm. I used to buy a, I used to buy them off the street and sell them to Roddy the Wrecker down at St. Peter's. Good old Roddy and, on and Peter's Highway. Tempe, yeah, yeah, yes. t- oh, Tempe. Yeah. Enfield Spares. And we used to, in those days, get back the Rego. I think I've mentioned it before. Yep. So you could hand in whatever the, the balance of the Rego and they pay your cash over the counter <laughs> at, at the then RTA. Yeah. It didn't go into a credit. And, of course, then we sold it to Roddy the Wrecker for parts and he'd pay a few hundred dollars. Yeah, you buy these things off the street for five hundred bucks. Yeah. You end up with a thousand bucks. That's how we made our pocket money. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, we reminisce. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> for uh, listening. Well, after the break, we're going to come back and we're going to uh, chinwag a little bit more about F one, and uh, Graham's going to tell us a, a little bit about what he's been up to. And uh, thanks for listening to Muscle Car Radio. Hey, welcome back, <laughs> Muscle Car Radio. Jace, how good was that? Speaking to Paul, what a lovely, lovely bloke. Mate, it's absolute pleasure listening to Paul. It was uh, really, really interesting. I, and I'm serious to think that to say that, that you know he. I'm so glad he's the custodian of that car. Yeah. It couldn't have gone to a nicer bloke because he's a gentleman. Uh, uh, attends the shows now, goes out of his way to show people. I mean, he gets a lot of support from Roy and the guys, and you know the GT Club here in New South Wales and stuff. So they do help him out. But uh, yeah, a really nice guy. And if the, you ever get the opportunity, go out and have a look at the car. The 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 big thing out of that, uh, if you you know, he sort of hinted, basically, it's um, he's looking to put put it on the market. Yeah, look, I don't know whether he's going to put it. On, no, I I don't know whether he's going to put it on the market or whether he gives it to a museum. I don't know. Paul's Paul will make the call, and uh, you know, I, it's the sort of car that you'd put it out to market and, and see what see what the marketplace has to say. It's uh, you know, it's it's, 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 it's one of those serious oh, cars that would it, attract yeah. uh, all and sundry, you know, for the next for the next twenty thirty years or whatever yeah. for the next custodian. You know, as I said, we're 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 all custodians of these things. We love these things, right? And we and we we treat them like you know they're going to come to the grave with us. But at the end of the day, really, um, we enjoy them and then move them on, and somebody else enjoys them, and so Absolutely. it goes. But uh, wait, um, speaking of Fords, Ford versus Ferrari. Have you seen? This thing about Le Mans, the, um, the, the the movie that's coming out. Yes. I saw in the shorts. How good is that yeah. going to be? I have seen the trailer, and mm. um, I think it's absolutely phenomenal. It, it's fantastic. And the cast, like it's got all and stuff. Yep. 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 And uh, to be honest, I, I saw it, and, and I was sort of went, oh, okay. Mm. And then I saw who was in it. Yeah. And I went, wow. This yeah. is actually- Christian uh, Bale. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And this is, this is a story about- a car, what uh, but but what a fantastic car and what a fantastic story. story. Well, you know the story. So, uh, so the story goes: Henry Ford the second approached Enzo Ferrari, and they had a handshake on selling Ferrari to become the performance arm of Ford mm-hmm. uh, back in the day. And of course, uh, Enzo pressure from nationalists and you know uh, other uh, Italian sort of industrialists said, "You can't sell Ferrari. Where it's, it's an Italian icon. You can't yep. sell it to the Americans. You can't be doing this." So he reneged on the deal. And Ford said, really? Okay. Is that what you're going to do? So he said, I'm going to build a car and I'm going to beat you in, at Le Mans. And they all laughed at him, of course. And I think it was four years on the trot or something like that through the 60s, through mm. 66 and whatever. So, yeah. Go on. Um, so, guys, just touching on that, um, I just want to say that um, Midweek Muscle Car Club, in uh, conjunction with a few other um, people on board, we're going to um, host an event on the 14th of uh, November coming up mm-hmm. for this actual event at Blacktown Movie Oh, you mean uh, as in a, a screening of the yes, movie? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll, be, yeah. I'll be there. Yeah, for this sure. This is going to be a massive event. Um, we're looking at um, pretty much um, hosting two fields, yeah. and we're trying our best to uh, accommodate uh, up to 500 cars. Excellent. Mm-hmm. So this is a big, big movie. 
Um, as you know, it's uh, based on something that uh, Carol Shelby's doing. And um, the history of this thing is, I guess, it's, it's going to be big. And um, Well, the, the history is big, right? Carol, well, his- Carol Shelby was the guy who was, who was uh, commissioned by, uh, by Ford to build this uh, all-out powerhouse to, to go out and, uh, you know, uh, whip... Uh, Whip um, the Ferraris as they did, right, and of yeah. course those cars now are revered for some of the most expensive classics uh, exactly in the right, world. Yeah. But yeah, that should be very interesting. Well, yeah. mate, I tell you, we, in the future, as we do more episodes, and we'll, we'll, we'll broadcast it on our Facebook and what have you, we'll, yeah. we'll come back to it and let you know, mate. So that's that's that F one. We didn't touch on F one, uh, Jace. No, we didn't. Um, and I know that in our last episode that we wanted to talk about um, our Daniel Ricardo. Yeah. So how's he going? Uh, well. Look, I know that yeah, we've talked about previously, and he's you know he's got a career. It's a limited lifespan, especially in in uh, F one. So we were talking about did he make the right move moving away from Renault, uh, sorry, Red Bull, uh, Red Bull two, mm-hmm. which are the Honda powered cars now, to yeah. Renault and persist with yeah. what were problematic Renault engine cars, yeah. and they threw some really big dollars at him. Yeah, uh, and he was having trouble with his. You know, getting his head above uh, the status back in the back in the day with the Red Bull team or with his uh, with his teammate. Yep. So is he happier now at Renault? Look, I just <laughs> I uh, wish I did, but I don't. I don't know Daniel personally, but I, you um, know, I know I'm, but I'm, it, I talk, yeah. <laughs> persona that I uh, I, I see uh, online and and through uh, the media is he does seem mm. um, happier. Yeah. Yep, I definitely think that. Uh, mind you, forty nine million dollars per year over a two year yeah, deal I'll makes you yeah, puts yeah. a smile on your face. Yeah, just um, a few Nikes. There. <laughs> <laughs> now, but I, I I do I I do worry about Dan because he actually is, as we all know, he's a fantastic talent and ambassador for uh, Australian motorsport. There's no doubt about it, and you don't get to F one. Uh, into that position without being hugely talented. Oh, so yeah. There's no doubt about that. He, he's, he's an absolute uh, superstar. But when I say that, if you just look at just some, you know, we all go back to statistics because that's how what ultimately yeah, how what everybody looks back on in history. So as of his results since he's moved to Renault, um, in, and mind you, this is a two-year um, trip or journey. So, yeah, you know, we're, we're sort of we're halfway through the first year and um, it's turned, but we've only, we've only seen one round. So I, I think the, the next round is really going to be if see how Renault performs against their competition, yeah. if he can work, work his way up. But if you see the reaction, you know, in my view, let's just be really black and white here. If you're celebrating a, a, a top ten finishes like you've won, you know, the the yeah. two is one thousand. <laughs> uh, it's really. Yeah, things are sort of not quite right there. Yeah. So, but that's a, this. But the reason why they are celebrating is he's currently eighth in the championship. Right. Okay. So, if we quickly run through the last uh, few rounds, so Melbourne, we know what happened yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Bahrain, we know what happened there. Uh, he, in uh, China, he finished seventh, one lap down. Yep. In Azerbaijan, DNF. Yep. Uh, in the Spanish Grand Prix, he was 12th. DNF, I love that sir. Yeah, that's great. Um, Monaco, or Monaco, he was uh, 7th. Now, that might look good at face value, but he and he was 60 seconds behind yeah. Hamilton, mm. which equates to almost one lap as well. And now in Canada, the last, he was 6th, so which was actually fantastic. You know, yeah, getting he was, up there. He was getting up there. He's still one lap down. Uh, so now I've done a bit of, uh, you know, 
reading and, and, and research. So if you have a look, um, basically the, the, the problem with the Renault has been has been handling and ride, et cetera. Yeah. And it's in chassis dynamics, right? Correct. So his in, in this is in uh, the last Grand Prix in, mm. in Canada. So his Ricardo's fastest lap was on lap fifty six. Vettel's fastest lap was on lap sixty five and Hamilton sixty six. And he's still one second off the pace. Yeah. So if you look at that, they've got if you look at straight numbers, uh, you've, he's got they've got a bit of development. They've got here. a bit of work to do. Look, as long as he's happy, and I'm sure the forty seven million dollars will go a long, long way. And I hope he does I hope he does do well because he's very passionate and he's uh, you know, like you say, their 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 time, just like a football or any athlete, mm. is, is only uh, they've only got so many years. But uh, you know, I'm sure um, I'm sure uh, he'll do very well. Follow it, mate, and let us know uh, next episode how, how yes, it's all yes, going. Yes, 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 I will come back to you. Excellent. Now that was a fantastic update. Thank you, mate. So we've covered the the Le Mans movie. I can't wait for that. And um and and uh, Graham, we're going to get to the pictures, mate, and we'll get get the boys down there. Um, F1, we've the uh, supercars. Uh, Graham, I need you to let us know uh, what you're up to, mate, with the Midweek Muscle Car Club and bits and pieces. And of course, we've also have a special guest, uh, Rosanna's joined us. She's going to tell us a little bit about um, uh, a thing called Dravet's Syndrome. And there is a Dravet Syndrome Foundation. One of our um, one of our members and, and car enthusiasts uh, has a um, has a situation which uh, Rosanna can tell us all about. And uh, you know we're uh, we're uh, supporting and uh, getting behind the Dravet Syndrome Foundation. So uh, Rosanna, welcome. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, really well. Tell us about Dravet Syndrome. What what is all that about? Um, Dravet Syndrome is um, a rare form of epilepsy in mm. which um, currently there's no cure. Um, it actually affects. Um, over a, over one million individuals, wow. um, and it just affects every aspect of their lives. Yeah. And so the the mission of the Trevet Syndrome Foundation is just to raise funds for research, increase awareness, and to provide support to affected in, individuals yes. and to give relief to their families. Excellent. And of course, the more awareness we raise through the sort of things Graham's doing with the club and uh, and and of course the, the Facebook page and all the social media, of course that goes a long long way. So, Graeme, uh, th- oh, terrific, Rosa. Thank you for, for that. So, Graeme, tell us well, what is the what's the club doing, mate? Are we sort of raising money? What are we doing to sort of uh, uh, to sort of assist in this area? I would imagine. Yeah, so, so at the moment, we're going to be doing a um, an event at the grounds at Alexandria in, in September. Sydney, yeah. Yep. yep, which is in Sydney. That's correct. In 2019, so we're waiting for a little bit of the uh, the warmer weather, and we're going to um, do an event based on the you know. The, Dravet syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty much what we're well, Dravet syndrome is going to be the, the theme, right? And we're that's ra- raising money for the foundation. Yeah, that's correct. That's Excellent. correct. We have a you know we have a couple of uh, members in the club who um, I guess go through this on a daily basis. The so family members that suffer. That's correct. Yep, that's right. So what we're going to do? We're going to organise an event at the grounds. We're mm-hmm. going to allocate sixty to seventy cars in a Pacific closed-off car yep. park. Um, it's going to be like a show and shine event. Um, not only that, we're going to also have um, like a three-course meal where people can sit down, have a meal, get involved in this. Also, we're going to raise valuable funds to try and help people going through this uh, kind of… Bit of support. Yeah. Yeah, good exactly on you. Exactly right. Yeah. Excellent. What a, a really worthwhile cause. And, of course, we'll, again, advertise in future uh, episodes. We'll bring it to the attention of our Facebook followers and uh, just general social Absolutely. media. Absolutely. Yep. Now, that's terrific. All right, we've had a great episode. I've really been uh, – and, and we've met Jack for the first time, our producer. Jack, welcome aboard, mate. How are you going? Excellent. Welcome, Jack. <laughs> so uh, we're here at Radio Hub Studios, and um, you know, the boys here have been terrific. Uh, Rosanna's come in. Thank you, uh, Rosanna, for coming in Thank and explaining you for all. Me. Yeah, my absolute pleasure. And um, we'll be back again uh, in a little while.
while, a uh, few weeks, I'm guessing, uh, Chase? We will be. Uh, just one very, very quick yeah, thing. Yeah. Uh, this weekend, uh-huh. it's Le Mans. Le Mans. Uh, it's on at, uh, well, it starts at 3 p.m. local time, so French time, Central European time, um, <laughs> which is oui. uh, 11 p.m. Uh, this Saturday night, Australian Eastern Standard Time. Excellent. Look forward to that. Okay. It's been a terrific, terrific episode. Really enjoyed uh, speaking with Paul and having everybody in. You've been listening to Muscle Car Radio. I'm Harry Christian. Tune in next time.